Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Ki Reese. And I'm Laura Brodnick. And we have got an exciting episode today because a laughter study has revealed the funniest sitcoms based on laughs per hour. It's a little bit controversial and we discuss. But first, our entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Britney Spears has lost the court appeal to remove her father as conservator. Yesterday, Los Angeles Superior Court Judge Brenda Penny declined to suspend Jamie Spears from his central role in the court conservatorship that has controlled Britney's life and career for the last 12 years. The good news? The judge didn't rule out future petitions to remove or suspend Jamie from the role. The interesting thing about this, though, is at the hearing, Britney's attorney, Samuel D. Ingham III, say that three times underwater, told the judge that Britney is afraid of her dad and refuses to perform again until Jamie no longer has control over her finances, saying, my client has informed me that she is afraid of her father. She will not perform again if her father is in charge of her career. There was another silver lining, though, at Britney's request, the financial company Bessemer Trust will be appointed as her co-conservator in the meantime. We will continue to keep you updated as the story continues. Okay, well, I have to take a deep breath of excitement before I read this next headline. (laughs) So exciting. (laughs) So tweens and teens from the 90s went into a collective meltdown yesterday when it was announced that the iconic Australian show Heartbreak High would soon be streaming in full on Netflix. Key, get excited. Woo woo! (laughs) So the series ran for six years from 1994 to 1999 on both Network 10 and the ABC, and it centered around a group of students attending the fictional Hartley High, which was a sort of tough high school, inner city school in a multiracial area of Sydney. And it was really groundbreaking and before its time because it tackled all these big issues like alcoholism and drug addiction, teen sex and pregnancy, broken families, abuse, first love and friendship. It was actually, and not a lot of people know this, it was actually a spin-off of the 1993 Australian feature film The Heartbreak Kid, which featured Alex Dimitriadis and Claudia Carvin in one of her kind of first big breakout roles. I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's where it kind of they sort of saw how successful that was and turned it into this big TV show spanning years, lots of different characters and cast members. Some of the big names to come out of it were like Simon Baker and Rose Byrne, but obviously kind of, you know, our favourites were Drazik and Anita and all those kind of iconic characters that we grew up watching. Did you watch a show when you were a kid? Yeah, I did. I did. I I was lolling yesterday because literally our Slack channel, so like the internal messenger that we use here at Mamma Mia, was in total meltdown with the news. I know. Everyone I follow on Instagram and Facebook was posting it so excited. I think that's because it was such a seminal show for our age group. And I think I was in primary school when it started. Mm. I remember rushing home like everyone else to watch Heartbreak High. And it felt so kind of dangerous and adult because they yes. said words like they said sex and they talked about sort of stuff. And it was so intense. But looking back on it now... It 
it was such a multicultural show. It had such a diverse cast and it was just nothing. Like, you know how like TV shows, especially Australian networks today, say kind of throw their hands up in the air and say, well, we just can't make, you know, diverse shows. The cast aren't there. The actors aren't there. We can't find them. We can't tell those stories. It's so hard. We have to have all these quotas in place to tell these stories. Whereas Heartbreak High, they just said, like, kind of looked around at what a Sydney school would look like and said, like, well, there's all different students here. So we're going to cast all different students and it's not going to be a big deal. So they were groundbreaking even then. And somehow we've reversed. But anyway, I think it's so exciting. That's coming on Netflix Friday, 27th of November, all seasons dropping at once. I think this is what we need right now. 100% girl. Well, Kaylee Cuoco, who's a former star of The Big Bang Theory, is set to launch her new series, The Flight Attendant, which she stars in and she executive produced. So as the name of this series suggests, the show was filmed across a number of international locations, including Rome, where she and the cast had a bit of a wild night out. So Kaylee recently appeared on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, where she said that she and the cast went to this nightclub in Rome. You know, they were taken there by some locals. It was meant to be this really cool underground, hip, cool spot. And once she got in there, she kind of thought, oh, my God, am I too famous to be here? Because people were staring at her. But, Key, that's not what happened. One night in Rome, me and the cast decided to go out and be, like, you know, one of the locals. Out of nowhere, this man comes from behind me. I think he's attacking me. And I start hearing in the club people chanting, Fuoco, Fuoco, Fuoco. And I'm like, everyone in this club is recognizing me. They're Cuoco, 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 yeah, they're attacking you. They're attacking me, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I'm too famous to be here. Like, the narcissist in my brand, like, yes. guys, we have to go. And they're like, but there's fire. My hair has now caught on fire. Uh-huh. This man, who I thought was attacking me in a club in Rome, was actually saving my life. So we're with a couple of Italian guys. They're like, yeah, you know, everyone was yelling fire in the club. And I was like, well, no, they were yelling cuoco. And he goes, <laughs> they were yelling fuoco, which means fire in Italian. And I was like, no one knew who I was. I really love that. (laughs) I know. So basically they walked into the little club she was explaining before that started. It's full of candelabras. It just open flames everywhere. And then her and her friends were like, no, like Americans, like we're too stuck up. We're too worried about it. It's fine that like there's fire everywhere. And literally her hair was like a blaze. And this guy's charging across the club towards her. And all she could think is, I'm too famous to be here. Look, we've all been there. We have all been there. We have, especially you. (laughs) supposed to be but I'll just take it. I just pulled a muscle laughing because I was just like imagining you being somewhere being like oh someone's recognized me and them like walking right past us. It was just the whole situation that I just made up in my head. It would happen to me. Kaylee Cuoco and I are the same person. Well up next we are discussing the funniest ranked TV shows and hint it's a little bit controversial. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. 
Well, according to Google, searches for the best sitcoms on Netflix rose by a whopping 140% this year, which kind of makes sense because after the year that we've had, we're all kind of turning into comedy shows for a bit of light entertainment. I know I am. And while the best TV comedy is still a pretty controversial topic, ahem, all you friends haters out there, which one is crowned the funniest? Well, a new scientific study released by onby.com has revealed the funniest sitcoms based on laughs per hour. So the study asked 120 volunteers to binge watch the top 10 funniest sitcoms as chosen by comedy TV lovers. Based on the total laughter duration for each show, which was measured by decibels, they were able to rank the funniest sitcoms of all time. So how did our favourites shape up? Well, number one was The Office, the US edition. I think I have to make that clear because there is a lot of people out there who would strongly debate this. They had a total of one minute and 45 seconds of laughs per hour and a total of two hours and 48 minutes if binge watched. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is second, which I am really excited about this entry because it is one of the funniest TV shows out there, and if you haven't watched it, you must. They came in just behind The Office with 1 minute and 38 seconds of last per hour. And interestingly, they also ranked the funniest versus least funniest season. And season 5 for Brooklyn Nine-Nine was the funniest, and season 10 was the least. And I don't think there are any surprises here. Sorry, Callie, we've just spoken about your lol in Rome. But her TV show, The Big Bang Theory, came in as the least funny comedy show, which I think 99.9% of people tend to agree. They had just six seconds of laughs per hour and participants reported the sitcom as being occasionally annoying. Look, I believe that. That show went for nearly a decade. It can't have been that I bad. I don't know how. I don't know how it did. Like, Well, I look, just... only the first few seasons were like critically acclaimed because they won like Golden Globes and Emmys and stuff. Well, Jim Parsons did for his Sheldon Cooper, which I think was a bit of a different comedy character. I mean, I never watched it except if it's the only choice on a, on a plane or something like that. But I think towards the end, there was the same joke over and over again that they were nerds and she didn't think it was very cool. So that would kind of weigh on you after a while. Well, I must admit, I was a little a bit miffed that Friends didn't even make it into the top five. They came in at number seven with only 32 seconds of laughs and I object quite strongly to that. And I think we also have to call out the fact that there was a major heavy hitter missing, which was Seinfeld. So I'm guessing it just didn't make it. I don't know if it was pulled together by shows that are just on Netflix, but clearly that has to be in there. And shout out to all of the Seinfeld fans who I know are like shaking their arms. Yeah, <laughs> Our producer Maddie is like shaking her arms. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I think this is definitely study commissioned, I think, just of Netflix shows, probably Netflix shows that are available in the US. So there's a lot mm. of comedies left off the list. But it's really interesting, this idea of using like a body response to kind of say how funny something is. Because I'm sure if you actually asked the people in the study, they would have ranked them very differently to what their laughter yes. showed in the results. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, it's just so interesting, though, like when I was kind of researching this topic and, and looking into it more, there was like this bit of a trend that I think is reflective of the percentage that was stated at the top of the segment. And it's just interesting that we're in this like very much this golden age of prestige television. But with all the uncertainty in the world, you just want to turn to something with no surprises. So if you turn on friends, you kind of know exactly what you're going to get. And you and I even had the conversation recently about how we were kind of mourning that weekly drop of a TV episode. And I think that's why I've been really loving The Undoing. 
because it feels a little bit nostalgic or it feels a bit innocent to be waiting for an episode to drop each week. So it makes sense that we're all kind of leaning into the golden oldies. Yeah, I, I've got to say, I was surprised when they said that searches went up for comedies kind of during the pandemic, which I get, but it's so different to the data that we had at the beginning of the pandemic, especially in Australia, where searches for horror movies and survival shows were at their all-time highest and everyone was watching the movie Contagion, Contagion over and over again. I didn't go that far because I feel like, why would you put yourself through that? Oh, but I, I think, definitely did. I, I know you did. did. You're a weirdo. I just watched The Walking Dead over and over again because I think you just wanted some escapism you didn't want to watch people going about their lives and having romances and or just getting a coffee when we were all stuck in our houses but I think as the kind of pandemic went on you were going back to these comedies for that little bit of comfort that's why I went back to New Girl which I think is one of the funniest shows ever I didn't make the list but that's okay New Girl is such a funny show I think we need to do our own list maybe in our Facebook group of what we think the definitive top 10 comedy sitcoms. I think there's a few big hitters that were left off this list. I've never been a fan of Seinfeld. Sorry, producer Maddie, but I know I understand other people are. And speaking of kind of measuring a body response to get an idea of what films or TV shows people like, that's so interesting because they've been doing that for horror films for the last couple of years. Because like comedy, what scares you and what you find terrifying watching in a film is very subjective. So the only way to kind of get a real read on it is to actually let someone's body do the talking. So there was this big study done, I think, last year where they measured people's heart rates and heartbeats watching a movie. And the more elevated they were and the faster they went per minute, the scarier the movie was. So the top scariest movie with 86 heartbeats per minute is Sinister. Now, I know you haven't seen it because you're a scaredy cat and it's a movie about ghosts and little children finding dead people and getting pulled into other worlds. No, that's not it for me. By Monsters, Insidious, which is also part of that kind of ghosts and children and stuff, was the second one. The Conjuring, have you seen that? Oh, I think I've watched maybe the trailer. Yuck, no, don't, don't, don't. Yes. Oh my God, did you not know that? So Vera Famigo, who was the star of that show, she was visited by spirits while it was filming. She would like wake up in the morning with like scratches all down her thighs because she was channeling a real medium who like solved ghost stories who she'd met with and talked to. And so then the ghost started attacking her during filming. Oh my God, I feel sick (laughs) thinking about that. You do look a bit pale, I'm sorry. Hereditary was the next one at 83 heartbeats per minute, which I 100% agree with. That was a terrifying movie. I'm assuming you haven't seen that either. (gasps) Actually, maybe I have seen that. There's a decapitation scene in there that will stay with you forever. Oh, no, I haven't seen it. I'd remember that, surely. That movie gives me chills because I was interviewing Tony Collette and I went to watch it in a screening room and as the bit happens where a character gets decapitated in the worst possible way, the building caught on fire and there's Wait, like, the building you were in? The building I was in caught on fire oh where I was watching God, the movie. Sorry. I don't know why I'm laughing. I think it's an awkward response. We're like, is it smoke? And someone's like, the building's on fire. Get out. And we just watched the decapitation scene. We had to run across the road. The fire truck came. It was all fine. Someone had just burnt toast or something that had caught on fire in the kitchen, but it was all put out. And then we went back in to watch the movie after that. And the guy was like, oh, no, you've missed it like a little bit. I'll just rewind it for you so you can get back to where you were. So we had to watch the decapitation scene again. Oh, God. No, like, no. <laughs> No, no, no. And then after that, to finish off its paranormal activity, which is also the most successful financial movie of all time, which I think is interesting. And then the last one on the list, which I've got to say, I wrote an article the other day about the fact that I love horror films and there are only five horror films in the world that really scared me and I regret watching and this is one of them, It Follows, which is on Netflix. 
The simplest movie made with no budget, very small special effects, a really simple premise. The scariest thing I've ever seen just about this entity that once you have sex with someone who has it, it starts following you and it just follows you forever until it kills you in a horrible fashion. I was an adult watching it with my family at Christmas and I had to sleep with the lights on for a week. My mum asked me to walk down to the shops and get something and I was like, no... I can't. It's too much. So I definitely feel that should be on the list. So from comedies to horror movies, there's the kind of top lists. I just don't know how this innocent pitch about (laughs) TV sitcom comedies turned into bloody a list of all the scariest movies that I never want to see. All right, we'll do two lists in our Facebook groups then for our, our listeners who just want to talk about the top comedies and ones who want to talk about the top horror movies and we'll keep those separate. Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Spill today. Remember, you can email us with topic suggestions, feedback, just to say hi. Shoot us an email at thespill at mamamia.com.au. This episode of The Spill was produced by Maddie Joanna. We'll see you on Mamma Mia. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.